Thank you for joining us today for The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of January the 8th and is preached by Brother Ryan Smith. We pray God's blessing on you as you listen. Here now is Brother Ryan preaching from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5. I think it's fair to say that clearly you you all have scraped the bottom of the barrel once again and I have returned if you will open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 50 the book of Isaiah chapter 50 I struggled this morning to to, to have an illustration um, mainly because I could I could easily use myself as an as an illustration and uh, what I'd like to talk to you guys about today is uh, is a message entitled for a season um, when I think about this I think about uh, there are certain things that you wear for a season and there's certain things you don't uh, for example you wouldn't want to wear a, a swimming suit uh, in the middle of a snowstorm that's you're not dressed for the season uh, likewise uh, you don't want to wear a heavy coat uh, in the middle of uh, the summer at a beach. Um, those that do get in trouble. Uh, but that came out. I shouldn't have said that. Hence the reason why I, sh- I really shouldn't use myself as, as an illustration. But uh, I do have an illustration for you, and it's actually a letter that was written. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I had found this illustration through, uh, through uh, one of my favorite preachers named Chuck Swindoll. Uh, he and I are on first name basis. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. I didn't. He read this story about a uh, about a Boy Scout who wrote a letter to his parents, and so I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to read it to you guys. And the whole point being, um, certain words that we choose and the timing that we choose them may not always be the best. Now, before I read this, uh, just just maybe by nod or even by a show of hands. Uh, have, have you ever said something stupid? Okay. I heard, I, I saw heads nod. I saw hands raised. I heard laughter, and I saw one or two people doing all three. Um, that being said, I'm going to read this letter that this Boy Scout had, had written his parents. Uh, and I don't know if this is true or not. But nonetheless, dear mom and dad, uh, we're having a great time here at Camp Ketchikoff. Our, scout, our scoutmaster, Wald, is making us all write, write to our parents in case you saw the flood on TV and worried. We're all okay. Only one of our tents and two sleeping bags got washed, out, got washed away. Luckily, none of us got drowned because we were all up on the mountain looking for Charlie when it happened. Oh, yes, please call Charlie's mother and tell her that he's okay. He can't write because of the cast that's on his arm. And, but nonetheless, I got to ride one of those really neat search and rescue vehicle Jeeps. It was really neat. We would have never found Charlie if it, if, if it hadn't been for the lightning. <laughs> Scoutmaster Walt got mad at us, or got mad at Charlie for going out on the hike alone without telling anyone. Charlie said he did tell him, but it was during the fire, so he probably didn't hear him. Did you know that if you put gas on a fire, the gas can could blow up? 
I'm not saying this isn't real. I'm just saying I'm reading this, okay? The wet wood still didn't burn, but one of our tents did, also some of our clothes. John is going, John is going to look weird until, he gets his, until his hair grows back, so don't be surprised when we come back. We will be home on Saturday if Scoutmaster Walt gets the car fixed. It wasn't our fault about the wreck. The brakes, whew, the brakes worked okay when we left, but Scoutmaster Walt said having a car that old, you can expect some things to break down, and that's probably why he didn't have any insurance on it. <laughs> we think the car is really neat. He doesn't care if we get it dirty, and if it's hot, he sometimes lets us ride on the tailgate. It gets pretty hot with 10 people in the car, and he lets us take turns riding in the trailer until the highway patrolman stopped us and had a talk with us. Our scoutmaster, Walt, well, he's a really neat guy. Don't worry, he is a good driver. In fact, he's teaching Travis how to drive right now. But he's only, he only lets them drive on the mountain roads where there really isn't any traffic. All we ever see up there are logging trucks. This morning, one, this is almost over. This morning, all of, all of our guys were diving off the rocks and swimming out in the lake, and Scoutmaster Walt wouldn't let, me because, wouldn't let me because I can't swim, and Charlie was afraid that he would sink because of his cast. So he let us take the canoe across the lake alone. It was really great. You can still see some of the trees that were underwater from the flood. Uh, Scoutmaster, Scoutmaster Walt isn't uh, very angry like some other Scoutmasters. He didn't even get mad about the fact we forgot the life jackets. He has, he has to spend a lot of time working on the car, so we're trying not to trouble him in any way. Oh, guess what? We all passed our first aid merit badges. When David, got into the, when David dove into the lake, he cut his arm, and we all got to see how a tourniquet works. Also, Raymond and I threw up, but Scoutmaster Walt said it was probably just because of the food poisoning from the leftover chicken. That happened a lot in prison. I have to go now. We're all going to go into town to mail these letters and buy bullets. Don't worry about anything. We are fine. Love your son. P.S. How long has it been since I received my tetanus shot? Why would a child want to write something like that? There's timing for everything. Amen. Uh, and, and, it just, and it's just like the Lord to bring people into our lives uh, at a very timely manner. And, and I would ask that you would just consider a time in your own life to where uh, maybe things have been in turmoil. And the Lord has just brought you that one person to bring you peace, uh, joy, uh, in my wife's case, laughter. Um, that would be me. Uh, the, the Lord does provide. And over in Isaiah chapter 50, uh, if you're able to stand, let's stand for the reading of God's word. Isaiah chapter 50, uh, starting in verse 1, starting in verse 1, it says this. Thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your, divor of your divorcement? Whom have I put away? Or which of my creditors is it whom I have sold you? Behold, for your, iniqu behold, for your iniquities have sold for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and your transgression is your mother put away. Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke, 
I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their, their, their fish stinketh because there is no water and dieth for thirst. I have clothed the heavens with blackness and I make sackcloth their covering. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we come to you. I want to thank you for your blessings. I want to thank you for the time that you've given us, Lord, to be able to, to be here in your house, to be able to worship, Lord, uh, to be able to fellowship with one another. God, it is my prayer that uh, you would bring us together this morning in not just worship, but in the softening of our hearts, the softening of our ears. Lord, we ask that you would make our mouths hard and not, not able to speak quickly of the things that we may agree or disagree. Lord, we ask that you humble our hearts, that we might be able to not only read your word, but expound on it, learn from it, and apply it to our lives. God, we love you. We ask your blessings upon our services today. We ask that you strengthen us and that you would guide us. Lord, allow us to be the chosen that you, uh, that you continuously call us. And Lord, not only do you call us your chosen, but you also uh, call us to do a work a work on this earth in this very moment, in this time. Lord, I pray that you would renew our hearts where they need to be renewed and you would strengthen us with courage that only the Holy Spirit can give. God, we love you. We ask your blessings in everything that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We see a number of things here just uh, in these very verses alone. And the reason why I wanted to read these as our opener is because it sets the tone. It sets the timing. It, it gives us an idea of, of who Isaiah was writing to. More importantly, who God was speaking to through uh, Isaiah. And, and there's a few questions. And, and this isn't our first points. This is just uh, our opener because we need to understand where the children of Israel were. And, and, and at this moment here, uh, they are in captivity. They are are uh, going through some things, but uh, God, he wants to talk with them, and he wants to explain to them that they're not as bad as they think that they are. Uh, they're not as far down as they think that they are. As a matter of fact, we're going to learn that he ha has sent somebody uh, to them to show them, but yet even in that, nobody had responded. And here we are in this very moment this morning, sitting in church like we did last Sunday, and the Sunday before that, and the Sunday before that, and the Sunday before that. Uh, how many times have we come to the church and not responded, even though God is clearly active in our lives? The fact that God is clearly making moves in our lives, and though we may not see it all the time, uh, He is responding to our prayers and and you might think well he's not responding to my prayers because i haven't prayed them let me tell you god knows your needs better than you do god knows your wants and if i were to say that god were to ignore anything and and, and i and i think it's safe to say that there's some wants of my own life that god has simply ignored because you know what he says you don't need all that you don't want when, uh, when I was a child, I, I learned the meaning of ignorance is bliss. And as a child, you know what I thought? Who wouldn't want to know everything? Who wouldn't want to know this or that? Who wouldn't want to know? And, and let me just tell you, as an adult, uh, with pure confidence, I say ignorance is bliss. There's some things uh, that I don't want to know. 
when I was a teenager full of drama, uh, wanting to stir pots. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not talking about a chili pot. Man, it was, if you knew everything about somebody, man, that gets exciting. But as maturity tends to kick into our lives, we realize, uh, quite honestly, with all due respect, I'm not so sure I want to know anything about any of y'all. More importantly, I definitely don't want y'all to know everything about me. There's some things I'd like to keep hidden. There's some things that I would like to keep to myself, although most of the time, because of my mouth, it just comes out anyway. Um, But that's none of your business until it accidentally slips out of my mouth. Here, God sent somebody, and yet no one one responded. Uh, There's a few questions in in these very opening verses that I want to take a look at. Uh, The first one, verse 1, it says, Thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement um, at the time Israel cons- or the people of Israel the Israelites considered Israel to be the mother of them and of course the father would be who God y'all got to be uh, come on wake up the mother would be Israel God would be the father and God being the father God being the husband uh, he asked where's the bill where's the bill of the divorcement Now, uh, I've never been divorced. As a matter of fact, I'm still in love with my first wife. Um, Some of y'all get that later. Um, But I I pray that there'll never be a divorce. But when it comes down to divorce, there's a lot of paperwork involved. Don't say amen. Don't say anything. There's a lot of paperwork involved. God asked the question to the Israelites, if I divorced your mother, where's the bill of divorce? Where's the paperwork? Uh, he continues on and, and he says, whom have, I, who, whom have I put away? Uh, we need to understand that just because in this situation here, just because God has sent his children to exile, just because he had done that, doesn't mean that he has gotten rid of them forever. It doesn't mean that he is completely done with them. It doesn't mean anything of that nature. As a matter of fact, in in Sunday school, we were talking about how God was silent for 400 years. Um, I'm not a smart guy. I'm really not. But um, I just find it strange that if I'm quiet for an hour, there's some people in my life that wouldn't question anything. As a matter of fact, they'd probably be thankful. But if there's some people that I care about that haven't said anything to me within an hour think I'm in trouble. I do. I think I might have said something wrong. I think I might have done something wrong. Even, even well, I got a smile on my face because my ADD kicked in and I really feel like I need to say this. Uh, in the movie Shenandoah, Jimmy Stewart. Everybody familiar with Jimmy Stewart? All right. Some of our younger crowd may not be. It's okay. But Jimmy Stewart, he's talking to his, his, he's talking to his future son-in-law and and he starts talking to him about how, how uh, his daughter is going to act sometimes. And, and he says, uh, he says Sam, uh, women are finicky. He says, uh, one day you're going to come home and Jenny's going to start to cry. I wish I could do it in his accent, in his voice. He says, Jenny's going to start to cry. And you're, gonna, you're not going to know why. And so naturally you're going to ask her. And she's not going to answer you. She won't. And she's not going to answer you because she doesn't know. Y'all see where I'm going with this? 
And then you're going to get mad, but don't, don't get mad. Just hug on her. That's all, she, that's all she wants is just a little bit of loving. Do you understand what I'm saying, Sam? And Sam confidently he says, no, sir. <laughs> Sometimes when God is silent in our life, we think that we may be in trouble. Sometimes when God is silent in our life, we may think that he's just, he's just done with us. And, and, and let me just tell you, that, that's, far, that's far beyond the truth. It's not God that doesn't know the reasoning. It's, it's us. We need to make sure that we know where we stand when it comes down to being a child of God. God says, where's the divorcement bill? He asks because there is no divorcement bill. He continues on and he says, uh, if I have sold you, where, where are the creditors? Uh, there, there was no creditors because there was no sale. He did not sell his children off. There was absolutely nothing there. You, you can't be in debt to somebody if there's no creditor there to accept that. There, there was absolutely nothing. He says, I have not divorced your mother being Israel, and I have not sold you. As a matter of fact, if anyone has been sold, you have been sold by your own iniquity, and, and, and it has gotten the best of you. And that's true for all of us. And so we stand here this morning, or I stand here, you sit this morning, and we listen to uh, God asking these questions. And, and the question that, that he says, the next question that he asked, it affects me personally. Because I can relate to it. The next question he asks in verse 2, uh, he explains, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there, was there none to answer? And here's the question. He says, Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? How many of us have felt unredeemable? How many of us have felt that God is just done? You've messed up and you've gone further than you've ever gone before. You've stayed away longer than you've ever stayed from him before. And you just don't feel any type of movement from him. Uh, it reminds me of the, the older man and, and, and his wife drove the same vehicle for 50 years or 30 years or however it be. And, and she, she says, honey, how come we don't sit together anymore? And he says, I'm the driver. You're the one that moved. Sometimes we move away from the driver. But God, he leads us if we allow him to do so. And so in this time, we see this, this opening, and he asks these questions, and that's not the only question he asks. Uh, further down in verse 2, he says, or have, I the power to, or, ha, or have I no power to deliver? These are questions that we already know the answer to. God is God. He has all the power in the world. He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He knows it all. He has it all. He has the power to give it all. But yet when these people were, were questioning, when they, when they thought we are done with, God has, God has nothing left for us. <clears throat> and he sent somebody. They, there was nothing. There was no response. And God wondered, why is there no response? You call upon me and I come, and yet there's no response. Every Sunday we call upon God, and God enters into this place. And a lot of times there's no response. 
Now, I'm not talking about coming down uh, to the altar, and if you don't come to the altar, you're not responding. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about your own personal lives, what happens in your own heart, what happens in your own mind, whatever decisions that you make in that pew during the time of invitation or during the time of the message or even afterwards, whatever decision you make, that is your decision to make. Whatever whatever commitment you make to God, that is your commitment to God. But there, let me just say, there's a reason for New Year's resolutions because New Year's resolutions, uh, it's to resolve things. And many times our issue is, is that we have not resolved things within ourselves. God came, he sent a man, and yet there was no response. Verse 3, it says, I clothe the heavens with blackness and I make sackcloth their covering. They're in a dark spot. They're in a dark place. And this is where we'll, we'll get into our, our message. God sent a man and this man was equipped Let's see what he's equipped with. Take a look at verse 4. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. And the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him uh, that is weary. Now let's turn back to some things that we've said that we probably shouldn't have said. Timing is everything, isn't it? Um, Now let me just ask you this. Have you ever wanted to say, I told you so? Oh yeah. Oh, man. There have been times that I've wanted to say I told you so, and there's times that I had and instantly regretted it because the person it was, um, it was my parents. Um, They were real prideful. Man. If you only knew. There's some things that uh, I've learned as an adult not to say to certain people. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I've learned um, there are certain times not to say calm down and relax. We know. We know. Uh, there's some things that we've been instructed not to say, but sometimes we have a habit of saying uh, when you get into an accident uh, and we know it's our fault, what's the first thing we want to say but are told not to say? My fault. Okay? That's the number one rule with insurance companies never say my fault. Um, here's one the timing of everything and it's just bad taste going up to someone who has accomplished something great and telling them I knew you could do it when you never once approach them in the midst of their trial and struggle and say I know you can do it Either that made sense and it hit real hard or it was real confusing. We have this habit of celebrating people when they've done great things when we don't celebrate them when they're in the midst of their trials. It's a bad habit we have. And sometimes we won't even say it to them, but we'll say it to other people amongst ourselves. Oh, I knew that they could do it. I knew that they could do that. Or how about this? I knew that they were going to fall back down. Well, if you knew that they were going to fall back down, why didn't you try and help them? We have this bad habit of saying things at bad timings and oftentimes saying it to the wrong people. Uh, Let me just continue. Words for a season is so important. 
The words that you speak to someone makes, makes, makes a great change in their life or it can destroy them. Uh, the words that we say have the ability to encourage, to love, to help, or ultimately discourage, to bring down, to hurt. We have this, we have this wonderful ability in this, in, in this person here that, that, that verse 4 is speaking of um, in first person clearly says, The Lord hath given me a tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. I'd say that's a pretty good quality to have, isn't it? We spoke this morning about how Jesus came in the fullness of time. Uh, we were talking about the woman at the well, and, and I had mentioned three things of uh, why it was so important for Jesus to come through this time. And just to keep it short, it was the language, it was the road, and it was a thirst for the people. Um, y'all have been created for a certain reason, and you've been created in this moment in time. There's a reason why you were born in the time that you were. Uh, God could have put us anywhere in time, but he chosen this point here. And isn't it a wonder that in this moment, in our generation, whether you are young and on your way to a great life or you are nearing towards the end, or maybe you're just in the middle and just enjoying it for what it is, we have never been more able to communicate with people than we are now. Never been more able to do so. I remember, um, I remember the first Sunday after our nation had shut down from COVID. And uh, I had a number of uh, friends that are pastors and youth pastors, and they were all talking about having these uh, online services. And, 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 and I promise you, there has never been so many people attending a church service than that very day, although we wouldn't consider it a church service. Most people looked at it through the computer screens or TVs at their house, some looked at it through their, through their, their phone devices. Uh, but for that one morning, it was astonishing. Uh, a friend of mine who, who lives in Arkansas, he had posted that they're going to do their services online. And, and, you can, and, and you're more than welcome to go back and take a look at it. Uh, the very first, uh, uh, well, not the very first, I'm sorry, uh, the Sunday prior, they had already been doing online services, but the Sunday prior, uh, they probably had about 50 views in it. The following Sunday, they had 2,500 views. The following Sunday. Y'all, that church couldn't fit 2,500 people in there. The point that I'm trying to make here is that we have so much technology in the palms of our hands that there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to encourage somebody. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to spread the gospel to somebody. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to reach out and touch people uh, in a way that we never had with the gospel. And we can do it all by the power in our hands, through a cell phone, through a computer. And you know what we do? We do go out and we communicate, but most times it's for the wrong reasons. Most times that physical pot, that social gathering sometimes that, 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 that we get into to discuss prayer meetings. Now it's online. And it spreads. For any of you that may be in high school or college or even just, um, if you have a device, you know what I'm talking about. 
We're doing all these things for the wrong reasons, but we're all in the right time. Does that make sense? We're saying things that um, we're saying things that don't need to be said, but in a time where good things need to be given, encouragement needs to be given, love needs to be given, salvation needs to be needs to be handed out as if it were candy in our pockets. But yet uh, we want to say God bless, and we want to say uh, praise the Lord, and we want to say bless your heart. By the way, I it wasn't until a few years ago I realized what bless your heart means. I've heard that a lot. (laughs) Nonetheless, our words should be impactful in a positive way. Words for a season. And the next thing I'd like us to turn our attention to is uh, eyes. Our eyes. There's things that we view. There's things that we're able to view. There's things that we're able to see. Uh, There's things that we choose to see. There's things that we don't choose to see. I'm very thankful for technology and what technology provides. I'm thankful for the seasons that we live in right now. We were discussing... uh, we were discussing in Bible study uh, uh, John and the woman at the well, and 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 we're actually able to see uh, a, a short video clip uh, of of someone acting as if they were Jesus and someone acting as if they were the woman at the well. And you know what? It becomes relatable because we can see that with our very eyes. How many of us would like to go back in time and just see how Moses parted the water? How many of us would like to actually see uh, Elisha? Go ahead and give that sacrifice against the 450 prophets of Baal. How many of us would love to see uh, Noah's Ark? Not, not the one in Kentucky, but in real life. You see, technology now, what, what we use it for can be, can be used for greatness. It can be used to, to, to reach out to the world, but yet what we choose to view sometimes isn't always the best. You know what irritates me sometimes? And it goes on TV as well as, as well as Facebook or social media. Commercials. Man, who likes commercials? I don't like commercials unless it's something I like. Um, I don't like commercials at all. How many times are, are you watching something that you're really getting into? And, 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 and for TV shows, they, they, they know how to do the cliffhangers. Uh, you're watching something and everything is really, really good. And then you come to the climax of the show and then what happens? You've got to wait three minutes. Learn about a lawnmower or learn about a screwdriver. or learn. A, guys, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying I want to get back to the show, right? Um, life happens in the exact same way. We get so focused in our spiritual lives. We get so focused on the Bible study. We get so focused on things that that we know that God wants us to do. And then guess what happens? At the height, at the height of our joy, at the pinnacle of our relationship with God, uh, the devil likes to throw a commercial down. Hey, come, come look at this over here. Hey, come take a look at this over there. Especially every four years, you get the politics that come in. I hate those commercials too, don't you? It takes our mind off of what's important. Now, I'm not saying the TV is important. I'm not saying social media is important. What I'm saying is, is in our spiritual lives, the devil likes to throw those commercials at us too. And you know what we're going to do? Because we're so focused on, on, on this one thing, we're going to go ahead and we're going to sit there and we're going to watch it. All right. All I got to do is just just stay here for this season here, this season of three minutes, if you will. 
And as soon as that's done, I'm going to get right back into the show. As soon as this is done, I'm going to get right back into the Bible study. As soon as this is done, I'm going to get right back in loving others and telling everybody about Jesus. Hey, as soon as this vacation is over, we're going to get right back into church. As soon as, as, soon as I get done traveling, I'm going to get right back into the gym. And, and, and what happens? We don't. Our minds have been cut off from that because something has entered in. Um, I urge you to be careful of what you watch. Be careful of what you're letting in. Be careful of of what you're seeing. There's some things that uh, probably aren't the best things to see before certain events. Uh, For example, if you were going to go on a cruise, what movie would you not want to watch? Titanic. Is that fair? Okay. If you're in a thunderstorm, a real bad one, what's a movie you probably don't want to watch? Y'all reading my notes. Now, this, this might be one for the younger ones that, that probably won't know, and that's an assumption. But if you're going on a hunting trip with a few buddies, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You probably don't want to watch Deliverance. Amen? All right. So if you're in the middle, if you're in the middle of a spiritual high, and you're in the middle of serving God, and you're in the middle of doing what's right, and you're in the middle of inviting people to church, and you're in the middle of doing all this, when those commercials pop up, you know what you need to do? Turn around and walk away. Not from, not from what you're doing for the Lord, but walk away from what the devil's putting in your minds. Memorize scripture and have those scriptures come to you. Study every morning. Oh, just open up your Bible and see what the Lord has and just meditate on that word, because I promise you, as you continuously do that, it's going to create a habit. And when, when strongholds that the devil thought that he could use against you, when, when, when those things come, that scripture is going to back you up. And you're going to be reminded, no, not today, Satan. I've, I've got this. Lastly, uh, not just having words for a season and not just having eyes for a season, but having ears for a season. Um, Let me just ask you this. Would it be fair to say for most of you, you guys are a pretty close-knit group? I'd say so. Any of you that want to shake your head, don't do it. That's bad. You're a close-knit group. You care about one another. You know, one of the things that I enjoy most about coming here, and, and I know I don't come here very often, um, but one of the things I enjoy about coming here is every time I come here, I love looking at your bulletin. I do. Not just because a lot of times there's announcements of when food is going to be given, um, but I like to see the fact that announcements are given of fellowship times. I love to see that. I love to see that the ladies are getting together. I love to see that the men are getting together. I love to see on Wednesdays how there's always a new menu on Wednesdays. And, 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 and it shames me that I don't come because I really want the food. Um, but that food isn't the point of Wednesdays, is it? It's the fellowship. It's the love that you have with one another. And so let me just say this. Do not allow your fellowship to stick only on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays. And for those of you that attend on on, on Fridays, uh, don't let your fellowship just stick to when the men go and have their meal and the women go and have their meal. Don't allow the fellowship to just stick there. 
But allow fellowship to come in when it really is timely, when it really does count. Uh, the, the, the writer here, he tells us, he says, he says, the Lord has given me words. Listen, for God hath given me a tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh, he wakeneth me every morning by morning. He awakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. Uh, the Lord... God hath opened my ear. And now listen to this. He's opened my ear. Hey, that's wonderful. Amen. Praise God. He's opened our ears. But listen to the very thing he says next. He says, The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. When the Lord opened my ear, I wasn't rebellious. And, and, and let me tell you this. When the Lord opens your ears, he means for you to listen. Not just to the message here. Not, not to me. I, I, listen, if you look forward to listening to me, you've got problems. Okay? When, when the Lord says that, that he's given us an ear of the learned, uh, an ear to listen, he's telling you to listen amongst yourselves. Listen to the pain that you're going through. Listen to the joy that you're going through. Listen to the happiness. Listen to the sorrow. Listen to the joy and the fellowship. Listen to one another because every one of us at one point in our life need to be listened to and every one of us need to be heard. Every one of us are equipped to hear one another talk. And when we listen to one another talk, it's not meant to just share with the next person and with the next person and with the next person. And by that time is over, the whole story is just thrown out and there's something completely there. It's not meant for that. God has given us an ear to learn that we might hear the troubles and the joys of others that we fellowship with and rejoice or sorrow with them. Do you understand? Not just for them, but with them. Words to speak in a time of weariness. Eyes to recognize where you are and, and what the devil is doing to, to try and pull you away, but then ears of the learned. You can listen to one another. When someone says that they're okay, you can take it at face value or you can dig in a little bit and just say, are you really, are you really okay? Are you really saved? Are you really going to go to heaven when you die? Do you really have a good relationship with the Lord? And you know what? It's not against the law to dig in a little bit because you're concerned over somebody's life. It's okay. Oh, I'm going to regret this. It's okay to get a little bit nosy in someone's personal life if you care for them, but make sure that you're listening to what they're saying. Don't just assume. My wife thought she got saved at 13 years old. And she questioned it every single time there was given an invitation. And so she went to a pastor. And she went to another pastor. And she went to another pastor. And these pastors were very quick to say, you ready to hear it? You guys have heard it before. Well, you just need to get right with the Lord. What a quick answer. Until one day a pastor, she came in. 
she sat down in his office. And here's what he said. Miss Dorothea, what do you got on your mind? You know what he did afterwards? He didn't say a word. He listened. Is it true that you just need to get right with the Lord? Well, maybe. But let's talk about why. Let's listen to see what our hang-ups are. Let's see what the Lord, let's see what's keeping us from the Lord, uh, from our spiritual walk. Let's listen to one another. And if you're willing to listen to one another, you should be willing to help one another. Does that make sense? It should. In closing, I'd like you to turn to two spots in your Bible. And I'll turn with you with them. The first one I'd like you to turn to is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. And I will turn in my Bible as well. For those of you that aren't familiar with 2 Timothy, is in the New Testament. It's towards the end. Second Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 2 is the first one. Uh, the second one, that way I can just get to uh, the remainder of it. The second one is Mark chapter 14, verse 11. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, and then just go over to Mark chapter 14. And I normally don't do this, but I really want to, to share this with you. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, you see uh, a, a man who is writing a protege from prison. You see Paul here is towards the end of his life, and this is the very last book that, that we know of that he would write uh, for sure. And in the very, uh, in the very last chapter, he, he gives instruction to young Timothy. He gives instruction to this young pastor, this, this young preacher, and he gives him uh, a charge. And the charge is very simple. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, the charge goes as this. It says, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. He says, he, he, he says preach the gospel. And, and for those of you that don't feel yourselves as preachers, that's okay. Me too. Um, and I'm not being funny about that. I feel completely inadequate in what the Lord has called me to do, but that's my own personal business, not yours. I feel in my own heart I don't deserve it. But that's another point. Here's what I'm trying to say. He says, be instant. You see, when it comes down to preaching, uh, communicate, share the gospel. Every one of us is capable of sharing the gospel. Amen? We are. Whether you want to agree to or not, every one of us is capable of witnessing to somebody else. Witnessing to someone about the gospel. But, but, but it's not just that. He says this. He says, he says, be, preach the word in season. Be instant in season. And he talks about doing it in, in, in long suffering. And, and he's talking about helping one another, rebuking, reproving. But he says, be in season. Now remember that word, in season. Now, uh, this word, I looked it up. It's in the Greek. For those of you that are interested, uh, it's called, it, it, the, the, the Greek word for it is eukoros. Eukoros. 
Uh, I'm not going to ask you to pronounce it because I had to look it up myself, okay? But basically, you as in you who, we're all good with that. If not, well, Lord save your soul. Uh, you who, but you karos. Now just remember that word, you karos. Now go over to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, you see, uh, you see another man. Someone completely different than young Timothy. Someone completely different than Paul. And I'm referring to Judas Iscariot. And in verse 11, it says this, And when they had heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. If you're not familiar with this, Judas went to the high priest and he struck a deal with him. And when the high priest saw that they can do this, they promised him that they would give him money. And then at that point, Judas conveniently looked for a time to betray Jesus. To betray Jesus. What does this have to do with the word eukaros? It's very simple. Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, used that very word, eukaros, which means in season. Paul used that very word, eukaros, which means in season. We see two different words from our Bible, but yet both Timothy and Mark used the exact same word in the Greek language. Now here's why I bring that up. Be in season with your faith. Be in season with your fellowship. Be in season with your love. Be long-suffering with people. Be patient with people. Love on people. Give them a chance. Listen to the people. And when you're listening to them, use the right words to reach them. For there's no other reason that you've been brought upon this earth in this time. Serve God and love on people. As our musicians come up, thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Word Podcast. Our prayers that this episode builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with our Savior. And as we dive into God's word each and every week, thanks again for joining us and may God bless you in this week to come.